0: This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 yakshamash. Club to you too, over there. You know, really,
1: I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real
0: pain. Uh... We welcome to the show, Christian Leitner.
1: Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage you know, my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, kapustra, quompe, fadohi, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything and um so <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of a lot of a lot of Polish tradition there.
0: Everybody, Yak Shamash, welcome to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza here on Blog Talk Radio, of course, a part of Bucky's fifth quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's fifth quarter.com for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, discussion. Uh, great weekend, obviously. Tons to talk about t- today. Uh, we'll keep the show pretty short, hopefully, within an hour. Obviously, happy Final Four weekend to everybody. We'll talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks and their uh, some new color schemes. We'll talk probably a little bit of Milwaukee Brewers, maybe down, maybe later uh, if we have some time. But uh, of course, it's the it's the big weekend. You're looking at the fact it is the Final Four weekend, but your Wisconsin Badgers now going up against the Kentucky Wildcats today, and it's going to be a huge, huge game, obviously. Badgers looking for some to advance the national championship game. They have their goals set. Can they get can they get to the championship game on Monday facing either Michigan State or Duke? And uh we are here now. I am Jay Kokorowski and we got the Polish rifle Scott Wesniewski here. Happy Saturday, Scotty, and it's a it's a great day. Obviously the odds are in Kentucky's favor, undefeated 38, and, you know, 30 and one but and you have the Wisconsin Badgers, who many, even at the beginning of the year, said that if there was a team that was going to beat uh, beat Kentucky, it could be Wisconsin, uh, due to their length and their height, uh, and and with the experience. Uh, your thoughts, your initial thoughts this Saturday morning, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers playing, you know, for the possibility to go to the championship game.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's been a nice run for the Badgers. In fact, so far, uh, they're around further along than they thought they were going to be. Uh, but Kentucky's, you know, Kentucky's 30-0, and, and, and they didn't get their beating up on Missouri Valley Conference teams. I think the Badgers, you know, I guess the question, if you're asking me, do I think the Badgers have a shot, to ensure they have a shot? They're going to have to be near perfect uh, for that to happen. They were near perfect last year. And uh, they were unable to get it done because of a big three-pointer by Harrison at the end of the game. It's going to be a tall task.
0: Absolutely, it will be definitely be a, a tall task. It's going to be a tough task, and you know it's it's interesting. You know, you, you look at what the bad you know the Badgers have. Obviously, one of the keys, and we'll, we'll break it down now, talking about some of the keys to this game. Uh, you're looking at the fact. Right now, they always talked about, and Matt LePaven mentioned it yesterday on air, talking about that he's really worried about Kentucky's length. That That's the biggest step, you know, biggest test for uh, Wisconsin. If Kaminsky can get some down-low looks, if he's not rejected, uh, you have great defense with, with the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, just right off the bat, you look at it, uh, block shots per game. Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, averaging over two blocks a game. You have Willie Cauley-Stein, another guy with great length, uh, averaging almost two blocks a game. And it's going to be a test for Kaminsky and Decker if they can slash, get to the rim, be aggressive, but still get a shot off. And if they can't find a shot, they can pass it off to the perimeter. And, and you have the simple fact that you, you have to have hit certain shots. You have to have Goss, or You have to hit have uh, Bronson Koenig, Juye Dukin off the bench. Uh, and even, Nig- you know, definitely Nigel Hayes, hitting those threes, and it's going to be a, a big matchup there. Uh, and it, it, I don't know, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, what are your keys to, you, to this game, Scotty?
1: Well, and, and I guess that's where the lead-in is when we talked about having to be perfect or near perfect. Um, you Okay, so you talked about the bench, and you talked about the guys that can come off the bench for the Badgers. And that's great, but if you have to go to your bench, thank you, if you have to go to your bench... Um, Kentucky's bench is the maybe the deepest bench in the country. I mean, they've got right. two full squads of All-Americans. So if it comes down to a, a battle of the benches, that's gonna that's not gonna bode well for the Badgers. If uh, Kaminsky gets in foul trouble or Dicker gets in foul, if somebody gets in foul trouble and they got to go to their bench first, and then you know that that's that's where the margin of error. You know, we talked about it. it it's razor thin. I mean. It, they're going to have to be as perfect as perfect as they're going to need to be, and and we're going to find out if they can do that. But that's what's scary about this Kentucky. They're, um, like I said, they're one of the better teams that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, you know, we don't see the powerhouses, and and this is the truth. I mean, basketball, college basketball, isn't as uh, talent laden it as it was ten years ago because teams don't stay together. You don't see uh, major conference teams full of juniors and seniors. The Badgers are one of the rare exceptions, you know, that keep their play. So for, to see a team that's as dominant as Kentucky, it's one of those things where you're like, wow, we don't see teams like this anymore like we used to. Remember when you'd have the Duke and Kentucky, Louisville and North Carolina, all, you know, Final Four every year and other teams that were just as good but just couldn't crack that, those four, you know. Um, so, I, it, you know, this Kentucky team is good, and, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the Badgers are able to do. Like I said, the Badgers had them on the ropes last year. They had them. And they couldn't, they just couldn't knock them out. And, uh, I'm afraid that that could be the Uh I'm afraid that, you know, that could be a, a, a carbon copy of, of last year's game. I hope I'm wrong. You know, like I said, the Badgers keep finding ways, and, and uh... But I just, I, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, people all week have been saying, yeah, hey, you know, Badgers have a shot. Badgers have a shot Yes, like, and again, sure, a shot. But I put it at maybe 20%. You know, if they play each other five times, I think the Badgers can beat them once. Hopefully this is the one, right? This is the one that, that, that matters. So we'll, we'll find out.
0: Yeah, and, you know, within that, it's, it's you know it's gonna be a tall task and a lot of people I mean Kentucky's a five point favorite heading into the game. You mentioned the depth mm-hmm. and that's and that's big. You look at the fact with you have eight McDonald's All-Americans and just taking a look too, Scotty, when you break that down in terms of minutes per game, Aaron Harrison. No, it's actually Willie Cauley-Stein that leads the team for Kentucky in minutes. He only averages 26, not even 26 minutes a game. Uh, And Aaron Harrison's right next to him at 25.7. You have one, two, three, four, five. Like you have eight players that average at least 20 minutes a game. Yeah. And, that's it. and then you have Dakari yeah. Johnson at about 16. So, I mean, you have it, – it, you know, you're you're too deep. If you're talking in football terms, you're too deep in terms of players that, that have significant playing time. And you have – go ahead. And, and that's
1: why they're dangerous because, I mean, you saw it against Notre Dame. Like, you know, you've got them on a rope, but they can keep throwing fresh bodies at you. Meanwhile, their opponents – you know, they're chipped, they're fighting, they're 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 either staying in the game or staying ahead or just a little behind, but they're exhausting all this energy while trying to stay with Kentucky, and Kentucky's in here, and here's some more fresh bodies. Here, here's some fresh legs, I'll try to run with them. And and that's why you, they're able to, to close out teams, because they're so fresh. While other teams have used their six or seven-man rotation and exhausted as many minutes as they could from them, not Kentucky, you know, so... And the other thing that that people have overlooked a little bit, and I think it's important, um, if you look at the the locale, Indianapolis, and and from what I heard on the secondary ticket market, it's going to be a very heavy Kentucky following uh, in Indianapolis. So not quite like a home game, but certainly a little bit more of a fan advantage. So you know, and, and you expect that Kentucky's a, a, one of the top two programs in the nation. So you know they're gonna travel well anyway, but I mean Indianapolis to Lexington is only a couple hours. So right. um you know, so you've got that. And I'm not saying that there won't be Badger fans there, they travel very well too. But Kentucky's Kentucky's Kentucky, man. I mean, they're the Alabama of you know, what Alabama is to football. That's what Kentucky is to basketball. You know. They're the they're the uh the bell cow, so to speak. So there's going to be a little of that, too. There's certainly going to be a fan advantage. There's going to be a lot of people there that – more people there wearing blue rooting for Kentucky than, you know, rooting for the Badgers. So they got a little bit of that to overcome, too. You know, and it comes down to what we talked about when we talked about the Arizona game. How is this game going to be officiated? You know, are they going to officiate it to the style the Badgers like to play, which is, you know, they want to rough it up a little bit, you know. Because if, if it's a tightly called game, as I mentioned – Now you get guys in foul trouble, and then you end up going to the bench, and then that's lights out, you know. So, again, razor-thin margin for error for the Badgers if they want to win this game. Again, I think the Badgers right now, looking at all, even Duke, who beat the Badgers earlier, I think the Badgers right now are the second-best team in the NCAA. But, unfortunately, today they're playing number one. And uh, we'll see how that pans out.
0: It's it's true it's true uh, and looking at the fact you know uh, even looking back just a quick look back at that Arizona game from Saturday having the fact that what they shot I think it was 79 percent from the field in that second half you talk about those moments to get you to that game against a very talented Arizona team it's one of the and uh, Sean you know Sean Miller again being closed out of his chance uh, of, of leading a team to the Final Four I think it's what I think it's like his third or fourth chance already that he has he's had to. Uh, Reached the Final Four in his time at Arizona. He's actually a former Wisconsin graduate assistant, uh, and uh, back in the early 90s. And he, uh, you know, and you saw what the Badgers did when you can get hot like they were, and when you have Decker with that ice cold three at the end uh, to, to pretty much to ice the game for as Wayne Larrivee called it the dagger, uh, utilizing his Green Bay Packers uh, call uh, from his days doing the play-by-play announcing for the Packers still. So it's yeah, with with the way this team is is built, I mean, I I think they're motivated. I mean, uh, let's talk about real quick, Scotty, about their attitude uh, in terms of how this team. I, mean, I don't know if you had a chance to to see some of the press conference from earlier this week. Uh, obviously, <laughs> it's like the wear and tear. I mean, it's, you know, kind of like you know they've been asked the same questions and and whatnot. And but this team, you know, you know some of the questions. Just having fun with it and and being a, a really loose group of guys talking about video games and and all that and the next thing you know, Bo Ryan starts talking about being a pinball uh, king back in the 60s. It, it this team, I mean, it, it's really interesting to note too because Ryan said they can joke about it now, but when he get on the court, this team gets focused in and he has he doesn't have any troubles. Breaking down the difference between both, you know, between the, the the playful side of the team, and then he doesn't have to enforce that on the, you know, a strictness on the court because all the players are focused. I, would you say this is the best Wisconsin team that you've seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that that's yes, I think that's the case. And as far as their attitude goes, I love it, and and I'll tell you why. I I, I look, I'm I believe in intensity on the court as well, and intensity, you know, during the season and and while the game's are going on, but you can't be intense, you know, Johnny basketball for, uh, seven, you know, um, seven days after that, that win. I mean, you can't do it. You ha- you'll you drive yourself insane. So from that standpoint, I like the fact that they're able to cut loose and relax. You can tell they like each other. They love playing for each other. And most importantly, they uh, they they seem to have, you know, the ability to have some fun and, you know, turn it on when they need to, and I think that's a sign of, of them being a veteran
0: squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're looking now at, uh, I mean, you saw last game against Arizona, Kaminsky at 29, Decker twenty seven. 27. Uh, in terms of stepping up against, in this game against Kentucky, you have uh, I mean, you mentioned it, you know, Decker and Kaminsky obviously have to have big games. Uh, who's your key X factor after that? Is it Is it a Nigel Hayes who who's hit that at times critical three-pointers during the tournament and throughout the season where he's out of that uh do you think it's more guard play with, within that uh in terms of getting Canning going on on his perimeter shooting and even Jackson if he can contribute uh who's your x factor really besides those big two that can really get it done
1: Well I think I think you hit it right there when you, when you mentioned Canning because in the NCAA tournament, it's always been, you know, the the old saying is guard guard play wins the tournament. You know, guard play, guard play, guard play. And take nothing away from commit. They're here because of Frank Kaminsky. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when you get to the tournament, the team who gets the best guard play, it's kind of like the NHL. When you get to the postseason, the hottest goalie seems to, to be able to carry you. Okay? So in this case, it's it's guard play and and Kening's been fine. He's been great. Uh, all these guys have been uh, have, have been fine. Um, so.
0: Yeah, and you know within that uh, you have you know you look at this team too. Uh, you will have to get those big minutes I think out of the bench when that's available. And if, if you mentioned before, if it becomes a game where you have the the. Uh, Essentially, a foul trouble. If Kaminsky gets in foul trouble, I mean, Vito Brown has been played very sparingly of late. I think he had his first minutes against Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of the tournament. That was actually critical game time, uh, you know, on the court. Uh, so they'll need, you know, Vito there. You know, if he needs to step up, I mean, if Kaminsky has that problem, you'll look at you'll you'll see that there. Uh, but can can Walter give you that loose? I mentioned it yesterday. I did a quick spot on uh, the big one with our buddy Marcus Paff on uh, 95.3 WSCO uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, he asked me, you know, I said, you have to have some of that play with, with Duye Dukin, who made a couple of plays, who's had some scoring ability uh, of late. That's been critical. But Zach Strowalter, you know, pride of Germantown, really a great, uh, you know, story of late. And he made, you know, making some steals. Some, you know, he's had some, you know, four consecutive points just a The hustle from him, I really think that they'll need that from him, too. Uh, And, you know, I think another point, too, Scotty, looking at that, you know, Kentucky, you know, you listen to some of the national media, uh, like St. Shane Batty mentioned, hey, this team for Kentucky doesn't necessarily rebound defensively that well. So if the Badgers can get, you know, if they miss those shots, and they can't be, by the way, 7 of 23 from three-point range to beat Kentucky. They're not going to be 79% from the field like they were in the second half against Arizona. But somewhere in the middle where, you are you know, you're shooting 45%, uh, you know, at least 40% from three-point range, in my opinion, uh, they have a chance. But if they can get those second-chance points uh, with Kaminsky, if they can get uh, Decker and they can crash those boards, I, I really think they have a good chance. You know, I uh i i just i feel that way and i mean but it i don't know I, I it's exciting i mean how much in your opinion is this i mean for the state i mean back to back final fours being a fan you know you know we were all fans before doing this media thing but you know in the 90s in the, in the mid 80s you know wisconsin basketball did you ever think that in like a 15 year time span you'd see the badgers program get to three final fours in a 15-year span, let alone two back-to-back Final Fours. Uh, Scotty?
1: I'm sorry, my phone was uh, You know, no, I didn't expect it. And I'm obviously older than you, and i lived through some really, really bad times from both a football and a basketball standpoint. Um, You know, I mean... And, and I and I'm not an alum. I, you know, I went to Milwaukee. Sorry, but it it is what it is. so no! Don't don't be mad at but, that. But, but but there was a time in the '80s where the Wisconsin athletic program was a joke, I an mean, absolute joke. And the only thing that kept them from being the joke of the state was that the Packers were a joke as well. So you got to understand how bleak things were when I was growing up, my teenage years. You know, my preteen and teenage years. It was bleak. Badgers couldn't win a game in football or basketball. Um, The Packers were terrible just about every year. Um, So, yeah, we came out of the abyss, and now we have perennial Badger football, Packer football, and now Badger basketball being a top ten, every year top ten program. Even after they lose Kaminsky and Decker, they still can be a top ten program next year. That that didn't exist when I was growing up. You know, if they had a good year when they were close to 500, Next year they'd stink again. This, but Bo Ryan, and even before Bo Ryan, Stu Jackson did some good things with this team. Started helping rebuild them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But now with now with Bo Ryan being there, you know he's made this program not only a legitimate program now, but an, an absolute contender and a powerhouse and a team. I mean, since Bo Ryan's been there, what's his lowest finish in the conference? Four? Yep. So, so I mean that tells you right there that every year. They have a chance to win their champion, conference championship and be a Sweet 16 team. And with this current team, a Final Four team, obviously. But that, that's that's you expect that now. Now the expectation is, if you're not Sweet 16, what's wrong? What happened to this team? What's going on? And that's good. I'd rather have those be the expectations that, hey, maybe we'll win eight games this year. So, um, yeah. So I've obviously seen it from a way different level then, you know, people younger than me have had it. You know, I think sometimes the younger generation, and, and I count you in that, you know, I think you guys are spoiled. You're like, oh, look at this action. Like, boy, you, you didn't you don't live through what we had to live through. So, um, you know, the Don Mortons and the Steve Yoders and, and some of the other garbage that was being produced every year in Madison. So it's great to see. It's great for the state, obviously. It's great to see. Even if you didn't go to Wisconsin, here's what I tell people. I like the fact that people can turn on SportsCenter and hear the name Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Because I'll tell you what, if SportsCenter was as big now, uh, big in the 70s as it is now, Wisconsin would never, you'd never see highlights of Wisconsin because they they didn't deserve them. So it's definitely nice to be on the other end of that
0: coin. Absolutely. And, you know, you you bring up a point, and granted, you know, yeah, maybe some of my viewing when you had... When, I mean I remember those early days of, of in, in the early '90s with the Michael Finney, Finley, the Tracy Webster, the Richard Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have those players that really uh, it was kind of the beginning. You set you set the standard there, and uh, you start working your way up. And then obviously the Dick Bennett Final Four, which was more of a fluke. You know, I mean, being honest, I mean, but they played great defense. It was a you know I, uh, that was Wisconsin's calling card and uh you know they lost to michigan state at that time uh in that final four but yeah i mean i think people do realize you know there's a higher level of expectations now compared to what's been in the past and it's not just yeah for badger basketball but badger football like you mentioned uh you know that's why you see some people get so upset about recruiting even though uh, they need to trust in the system more in my opinion obviously because Uh, Bull Ryan and and now Paul Chris know what they're doing, Uh, but I mean and even like the higher expectations for and this has been around forever. But is Wisconsin hockey, which really still flourished despite a a struggling athletic department otherwise back uh, during those times. Uh, But even like you know you look at the Wisconsin hockey team for the men's side at least. uh, The women's side did great uh, in terms of getting to a a Frozen Four, but you're looking at now uh, the you know the fact that the men's hockey team was what. Only had four wins on the year, and people are calling for Mike Eve's head. Uh, so yeah, there are higher expectations now, uh, and you know, and part of that, you know, obviously is due to the coaching, where you have Bo Ryan. But let's just take a look and, and go even further when we look at across uh, the, the Final Four itself, the teams that these coaches, uh, you know, work towards and build up. You have Bo Ryan. You have obviously John Calipari, who you know, despite the the stigma that he has and whatnot, in my opinion, Scotty. Really, just a good. I mean, what he does with these players year in and year out, even if they're quote unquote one and done or don't use up their full eligibility. But so what he does, and I mean, the fact that Kentucky is the best defensive team in the nation, uh, one of the best in, in the nation, uh, and what he does with these players, and, and like I said, no player averages over 26 minutes a game. No player averages over 11 points a game. Aaron Harrison leads the team with 11 points a game, and they're undefeated. Uh, you have to give him credit. Tom Izzo, what he does every March seems to be just a um, just a stroke of genius on his part and getting a number seven seed Michigan State to uh, the final four in Indianapolis. And, of course, Mike Krzyzewski from Duke, uh, just uh, obviously having great, great, great uh, career. His resume speaks for himself with USA Basketball. And also, uh, just what he's done at Duke. I mean, when he, you talk about great coaches, Scotty, these guys, these four, really epitomize what college basketball is all about.
1: Well, for, okay, a couple things. First of all, this is why this is one of the most talked about Final Fours in a while because a) you got four great coaches, you got perennial powerhouse programs, um, and then Wisconsin, who's becoming that. But, well, quickly about Kyle two things. One, he's a cheater. But but you make a great point because everybody thinks, okay, so you get five or six McDonald's All-Americans, you should be able to win. But it's hard because you're taking freshmen in a lot of cases and you're getting them to buy into your system, you're getting them to buy into defense, which is hard enough to do anyway, and you're asking these McDonald's All-Americans, the guys who are stars, in, in high school in their state to say, hey, you're not gonna score thirty points. You're only gonna be able to score eleven or twelve. You're not gonna play the whole game. And they're doing it. And they're winning games. The, you know, you don't have the eagles that you would think you'd have where guys say, Hey, I'm a superstar. What you know, why would I only want to play twenty minutes? So and to to his credit, it's hard to get that kind of buy in and he's managed to do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely and it's yeah, and like I said, there's a you know, the stigma and whatnot. But I mean the fact of you know that he knows how you know, he uses the system and you said the selflessness of this team, uh, of the Kentucky team. Uh obviously you want all the obviously you want you want the Badgers to to take it all away, but you know, you gotta give a little bit of respect there uh to for for them, uh for Kentucky obviously, uh, just based off of the record alone. Uh but here here's a question too. Marcus asked me yesterday um talking about If you, I mean, and like you, we alluded to this earlier, you know, this isn't like the the Missouri Valley Conference or the, you know, Ohio Valley Conference or the Sun Belt or another mid major conference like the Horizon League or whatnot, not to discard our, you know, our friends over up in UW Green Bay and at Milwaukee because that's a hard, that's a hard conference. But let's say you have Kentucky and he said in the SEC and the SEC obviously uh, top heavy with Kentucky and maybe at times Florida where you've seen Billy Donovan really play you know like he's won national titles down there in Gainesville uh he asked me he posed me the question of this uh, in terms of you have the if Kentucky was in the Big Ten do you think that there are another big time conference ACC uh you know Pac-12 do you think that Kentucky would be undefeated and I I mean my my answer was I, I I think they would you know I think there might be a blemish. There, was, there would be more cause for a possible blemish. But the talent that's there in Kentucky, I wouldn't doubt them being undefeated still at this point.
1: You know, I think that they'd be still be the number one seed. I think if they played in the ACC, they'd probably have a loss. Um, just because, it, I, to me, the ACC is more of a meat grinder than the SEC. And even than the Big Ten this year. And what I mean by that is, there's plenty of teams in the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers one of them, although they beat the Badgers. But <laughs> um, plenty of teams in the Big Ten, plenty of teams in the SEC that are a little bit more of a quote unquote night off. If, you know, as long as you don't you know shoot yourself in the foot, you should be able to win with very little effort. There's not that many of those teams in the ACC. You know, because you could go, you know, you could have Louisville and then Duke and North Carolina and NC State and Virginia all in a row. And that's tough. That's tough to survive that, you know, if over the course of a whole year. So they they might have a loss or two if they were playing in the ACC, but they'd still be a number one seed and likely would have won the ACC championship. But, uh, but you know, I mean, would it to me, the record matters if they go undefeated just because it's a great feat. But in the end, does the record matter? And what I mean by that is the Badgers are a three-loss team. But if they win a championship and Kentucky ends up, 38-1, and one, who cares? I mean, at the end of the season, unless you're undefeated and you're hoisting up the trophy, that the record doesn't quite matter. At this point in the year, the record doesn't matter. I mean, look at Michigan State's record. They're in the Final Four. They could, and I think they have a shot at beating Duke. So, you could have that team going to the championship with... Uh, how many losses do they have? Uh, off the top of my who? head, I, I, I'm
0: Michigan who? State. Oh, let me take a look. Yeah, I don't really top of my head. I mean, no, you know, you hit it right on the head. Let me let me take a quick gander on there. I mean, you know, does you I mean the losses don't really matter at this time around, you know? But it's, it's to, especially when they're playing like when you have a team like Izzo's team playing, so uh, you know, at, at their pinnacle right now and how he gets them. They're twenty-seven and eleven. They're twelve and six in the Big Ten. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to guess 10. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad you did it. I was going to say, here's a 10-loss team, 11-loss team, I guess, who could be playing for a championship on Monday. So sometimes there's other factors, and you're getting hot at the right time helps, getting healthy, getting everybody on the same page, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, I mean, honestly, I'm hoping, and I, I, I'm, it's really a hope, I, because I, I just don't think we're going to see this, but I'm really hoping for a... A, a rematch of the Big Ten championship for a chance to hoist the because a it's obviously great for the conference if if you get Michigan State and Wisconsin playing on the big stage and of course it's great for the state and it's great for Wisconsin and you know and yeah and it's a maybe a better matchup although I still think Wisconsin I think Wisconsin beats Kentucky they're winning the championship I think this is the the winner of this game is going to walk away with the championship that's that, that's just how I feel but. Um, but nonetheless, I think it would be great to see an all-Big Ten final, but I, I don't know that we're going to see that. I, I think we're going to see one team, but we're not going to see both. I just I, And I could make a case for Wisconsin winning. I could make a case for Michigan State winning. But for some reason, I don't think we're going to see them both get there.
0: Yeah, I I can echo your sentiments there. It'd be nice. Obviously, you saw what happened with the uh, 80 to 69 Big Ten championship thriller that went to overtime, and the Badgers uh, holding Izzo's team to you know no points in overtime a few weeks back. This team, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, obviously Jim Delaney, the commissioner of the Big Ten, obviously has to be happy. With the fact that uh, you have two of the four teams being from the Big Ten, I was either going to be two Big Ten teams or two ACC teams, uh, and, and Michigan State went out there, and I, you know, I really wondered to, to like, I mean, it'd be great to see. Uh, I'm actually a little more worried about Michigan State than Duke. I don't know why I say that. I think that, uh, maybe it's maybe it's just uh, the feeling well, that a it would be important. Inc- yeah, I mean, you
1: know, I mean, Izzo has seen not just this year but you know a t- t- couple times they play miss him. but it is though has seen bo ryan and kind of knows what to expect from this wisconsin team and duke yeah duke beat wisconsin earlier but it's not a common opponent it's not somebody that they game plan for every day every year you know so i mean from that standpoint i think you're right i mean michigan state you know would have that on their side for sure
0: and uh, you know and and with that uh, maybe we'll go into our predictions at the top of the hour. It's 10 o'clock central time, about 11 o'clock Eastern time, if you're in Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, I think, yeah, I think they're, yeah, they're Eastern time zone. So. Uh, look at uh give me your predictions for tonight's games. Uh, obviously you have Duke and you have Michigan state first and then you have Wisconsin and <laughs> Kentucky after uh, what are your predictions for each game? And then, maybe. I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk to people after after the tournament. Uh your thoughts uh, on the national title game.
1: Well, okay. Um I'm just this is what my what my head is telling me, not my heart. I think um I think Michigan State beats Duke uh in a close one, 2 points, 3 points. They outlast Duke and I think that Kentucky beats wisconsin same thing uh similar to last year i think it'll be back and forth i think in the end kentucky's too much and i think they win by by two or three points so i think you're going to see two very good games tonight and i think you'll get michigan state kentucky and kentucky i think rolls in the championship if they're playing michigan state by like 10 12 points so that's uh that's my prediction i Obviously hope that I'm not only wrong, but that we're talking on Tuesday and recapping a Badger National Championship, because we will get together Tuesday if the Badgers win. If they don't, we'll just go back to a regular schedule. So, um, But, yeah, so I I, I, I see Kentucky over Michigan State in the finals, but I think that the games are so close tonight that they could go either way, which is why I reserve the right to say that I could be wrong on my prediction, because they're going to be one possession game, I think both of them. And uh, we'll see how they shake down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, for what I'll say, too, and I'll stick with what I have for my brackets, and obviously it's the one year of being, quote, unquote, a homer actually sort of makes sense depending upon that. Uh, I think Wisconsin has obviously a good shot. I know people are, you said 20%. I was hearing on the radio radio earlier today that they said, uh, you know, people are giving like 35%, 40% depending upon that. Really, I, I, you know, I think Wisconsin. I mean, like I said, it's, it's just a one game. Uh, it, depends, it doesn't matter how many times out of ten it could be won. I think this team, it's going to be tight. It's not going to be a pretty game. I think there's going to be some fouls. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to have to do some, some work on the glass and, and also avoid the length. You can't have Frank. Uh, you know, you've seen, you know, parts of these games. you know, even during the Big Ten, Big Ten tournament, Kaminsky throw some errant passes they average seven turnovers a game they have to cut that down i would say even down to you know possibly you know like six or five uh to make sure they stay uh stay on on you know on a par with kentucky i mean if they play their game if they play uh you know what what how they know how to play basketball uh but play it well obviously you can't be like Arizona i think they i think they can and you know i'll i'll say this in an upset pick i think wisconsin uh is looking to avenge last year and they i think they will do it i think it'll be a tight game I, i'll say like a two point game uh or even a one point game uh you know seeing how close last year's game was i think they'll go on and i think they'll go on from there and i think uh they'll go on and beat I would, you know, I would I, actually. I'll say, I'll say Michigan State. I, I can't do that with, uh, with Izzo. You know, you got to give Izzo that credit there, and I think that he'll somehow find a way to beat Duke. I think we'll go Michigan State, Wisconsin for the national title game. And I think, uh, and like you said, both these games can go either way. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the next day or two after that. But I think uh, Wisconsin beats Michigan State. Uh and uh you know, Bull Ryan gets his first title and who knows, it might be also the day that I mean, depending upon the, the Hall of Fame, you know, this could be his Hall of Fame year too. It'd be a good way to cap off his coronation and his uh induction into uh the, the basketball hall of fame with a with a championship.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. And you know what? <clears throat> We're at this, this crossroads because you're gonna have a champion crowned on Monday, hopefully a state champion. And you're going to have opening day on Monday. You've got the NBA playoffs right around the corner, and, you know, the Bucks seem to have righted things, and, and you know, they're looking uh, looking good as they're going to head into the playoffs, as likely the sixth seed. Um, good time, man. I mean, it's, you know, again, we've talked about the Brewers, and we'll talk a lot about the Brewers as the summer rolls on. But, you know, we predicted last week that they're probably a 79-80 win team. Um, but that still doesn't temper the excitement as we go into the start of this year, you know what I mean. It's like, you know, hope springs eternal. But I guess my point is, this is a really cool time of the year, and it's even better when you have a team in the in the final four. <clears throat> I mean, it just adds to the whole mystique of you know baseball season starting and spring being in full uh, full swing, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, then you have Masters coming up as well. I know you and I aren't necessarily the biggest golf buffs, but you know, that, that time of the year you start seeing that kicking off too. Uh, and yeah, it, it, you know, and it, it's good too because it's Badger Final Four run. I mean, if their if their run ends early, you're kind of stuck in a kind of a weird. You know, you have spring training coming up, obviously with the Brewers, but you're still like, you know, if they if their season ends two or three weeks ago, you still got like a couple weeks where it's a, the limbo or you're talking about the draft or you're trying to talk, you know, it, it's a kind of a dead period, but you have now the Badgers kind of going to the final four, kind of like help the media out in terms of just, not having a, a dead zone on that, uh, and you mentioned crossroads too. You know, with the way things are going, too. By the way, given uh, we forgot to mention too, uh, congrats to Frank Kaminsky being given the Oscar Robertson Trophy for the you know by the U.S. Uh, B.W.A. Uh, and then also winning the A.P. Uh, Throw it away. A.P. Player of the Year. So, <laughs> uh, so congrats yeah, to that, him. that was.
1: That, I mean, again, that this is you know you're talking about being in rarefied air. I mean, okay, you got a team in the Final Four, you got an AP Player of the Year. Um, you know, I, I mean, th- these are two first-round you know, draft picks. Yeah, two first-round draft. These are things you expect from Kentucky every year or North Carolina every year. But we, we're talking about Wisconsin. Wisconsin being in the second straight Final Four and having the Player of the Year in, in Frank Kaminsky. That's those are things that again, you know, people, you know. I've lived, like we talked about it at, the, at the outset. I've lived through the dark days. I, you, you, you would have never have gotten me to believe that this could ever have happened.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, real quick, your thoughts on the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks with their colors? Uh, you, you know, you've, you saw kind of the April Fools of them doing the hunter orange type, the camouflage, and you know, kind of a more hunterish look, and then they kind of unveil a new color logo uh and I had forged you on that official press release from what the Bucks had you know had sent out too. Your thoughts on kind of the color scheme and the, the new logo that in and, and and the brand kind of the rebranding of the Milwaukee Bucks. Well I think
1: you know first of all most of the people who are complaining about the logo changing, most of the people don't give two rats rear ends about the Bucks to begin with. So I got into a couple of heated debates with some of my friends and colleagues and I told them, you know what, they're not marketing this towards you. You don't care about them anyway. So you don't own any Bucks merchandise now. You're not going to own any new merchandise. So, uh, you know, um, but my point was when I was talking to them, when I was trying to be reasonable was every owner is going to try to put their stamp on their franchise, you know, um. They're trying to get an arena done, this new ownership group, but they want to also change things up. They want this is their team. And they have the right to, to do it and I'm kind of excited about it. I'm you know, I wasn't I'm not so sure about the M logo there, but as long as they keep, you know, Bango somewhat incorporated, um, I'm fine with it. I'm interested to see what it's gonna look like when it's all said and done and ready to be revealed.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's one of those things too that you look at, uh, I mean, it's what they're trying to do with the team. And obviously the M is supposedly from, apparently from what I've seen on Twitter, might be actually a, you look at the fact that it's a a buck hoof, you know, or like, or like it's like a, like their, yeah, it's their hoof on the bottom of their, you know, of their legs, and maybe that's okay. what, something like that, like something to try to like anatomically correct compared to what a bucket, you know, what the buck's anatomy look like or whatever a deer's anatomy is but sure uh, uh regardless i mean i i do like the color i think it's it's a different look obviously there's a lot of traditionalists you know and, and you know i the purple and green years were not i mean obviously that's the year those are the times i predominantly remember because that's when my you know young you know my from ages what like 10 11 to uh to the mid 2000s you know i had that and basically that's where a lot of my my experience was uh and that purple and green i wasn't necessarily fond of it uh but you know, going back to the orange and the you know, kind of the throwbacks and and having those that look people really embraced. But I think this, I mean, you're still keeping that that green. But you know, the, the new look is going to be kind of good. I, I think it'll be good, uh, and especially with what they're trying to do. And you've seen what you know Jason Kidd and uh, you know what he's done in his first year. They're 38 and 38. You know, uh, amazing job for a coach that. I mean, obviously, they could be probably even better if if they kept Brandon Knight. But they're obviously they're building for the future with MCW. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah, I I think it's a good sign, and you know, it's good to incorporate the Cream City. Granted, I don't know if anyone in Milwaukee actually refers to themselves as the Cream City, but uh, I think it's a Not nice little. Not
1: anymore, I don't think, but but it's still. I mean, they are. I mean, they they are the Cream City, so.
0: It's true. You know. Very true. But uh, you got anything else you want to talk about, brother, today?
1: Well, I mean, I did, we want to talk about – quickly, we can talk some Bre- – real quick, the Brewers opening day lineup. Uh, Gomez is going to be the yep. leadoff hitter. Um, not really your traditional leadoff hitter, but the only real leadoff hitter they've had in the last probably, to be honest with you, almost a decade now, maybe seven years, was uh, Aoki, and he's now – you know, he's not with the team. So right. – they don't really have a, they don't really have a true, prototypical leadoff hitter. So even though Gomez is a more of a power guy, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to be tasked to be the leadoff hitter for this squad. And uh, you know, cause some people are, you know, say blah well, blah blah blah. You know what? They haven't. They this has been a problem every year, and they still manage to be contenders for you know, for the last seven or eight years. So it, it, my point is, if they don't make the playoffs this year, or they're not contenders. It's not just; it's not going to be because they don't have a leadoff hitter. There's going to be a lot of other things that are going to lead to their demise. But um, so anyway, that was interesting. And then Adam Lind, of course, um, will be batting fifth, and Davis sixth, and you know, at least that's how the lineup shakes out. Kyle Loesch, your opening day starter. I like Kyle Loesch a lot. Deserves to be the opening day starter. You know, no way, shape, or form do I say what I say differently. However, that matchup on opening day, uh, Loesch and uh, I forget who started for Colorado now, but uh, definitely not uh, not the pitching matchup of the uh, of, of of the the day. I can guarantee you that. I mean, <laughs> probably two of the I hate to say work because I I think Kyle Loesch is a great pitcher. Two of the least likely number ones. Uh, going at it uh, at Miller Park on Monday. So um, yeah,
0: but again, no, that, that's
1: just but that's just what this team is. I mean, this team has three number two, three two or three guys, and then two four guys. I mean, Fires and Nelson. I mean, they don't have that number one, you know. And and we know that, and we knew that when they got rid of Gallardo, and Gallardo wasn't really a number one anyway. So um, on a great team, on a good team, Gallardo's a number two at best. You know, I mean, let's face it. We talked about it before. This guy can't get out of the sixth inning. How can you be an ace? You know, but nonetheless. So looking forward to that. I'll be out there for opening day on Monday. Yeah,
0: that'll be a lot of fun. Great. Oh, well, I'm jealous. I'll be at work. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, but it's... Uh, it, well, every once a-
1: in a while, I mean, I know that, that you've probably grown used to to being because now that you're the, the media star of this show so yeah, oh, every once in a while we get out to games too but i'm not covering it i'm obviously i'm just going as a
0: fan so oh well, no I'd, I'd rather i'd rather i don't know brewer games and like buck games i think maybe it's just me i mean maybe it's just me where it's like i like covering badger game. I mean grandma alum maybe it helps me tone down the the, I mean, quote unquote homerism being quote unquote media, media you know. Like I saw that like covering games that route, but I mean, going to a brew game or a Bucks game as a fan, I think. You I mean for, to me, I would love to go down there if I had any time uh, to go catch a game. But it, you know, but enjoy yourself. It, you it, I mean it should be. Uh, do you know what the temperatures are supposed to be down there? No,
1: I I didn't look yet. I'm I, I'll look tonight because they're never right. Every year they're usually not right until you look a couple days ahead. Here's the thing, though. I'm like I'm a you know I love going as a fan too. I usually though, and even though I've only missed since 1986, I've only missed two opening days, either as a media guy, as a fan, or as even as an usher where I worked for two years. I've been to every opening day but two. Okay, now I'm a fan, huge fan, and you know my love for baseball. I hate opening days sometimes because. It's not about baseball on opening day. Now, I'm going for the game. Like, my favorite part about opening day, and I know this sounds nerdy, is when all the players get introduced. You know, it's the only time all year except for all star games and playoffs, the start of playoffs, where the whole roster gets introduced. That's cool to me. Like, I, even when I was younger and more of a partier, I, I would skip the pregame drinking. I'm like, now I got to be there. A half hour before the game, so I can see both rosters get introduced. Like that's that's why I go to opening day. I can drink it. I live in Milwaukee. I can drink anytime, anywhere. I don't need a reason for a party. But <laughs> opening day for me is about baseball, and, and unfortunately, I'm in the minority when it comes to that thought. So, um, but nonetheless, I'll enjoy it. I, I'm, and as far as weather goes, it used to be more of a big deal, but now that we have that beautiful retractable dome. Not so much of a big deal anymore, but I remember at County Stadium, some 35-degree days with wind chills in the 20s, and a light mist or a, a light snow-rain mix. Yeah, that was awful. I've sat through a few of those.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah, I'm sort of along the lines with you too, with opening day or even just going to see a baseball game. I know there's a lot of tailgating and whatnot, but I really enjoy just watching batting practice. Even, granted, you have to get there early, but just trying to catch a ball in, in the outfield—hopefully uh, something I can do with ours, with uh, our, you know, our sons down the road. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, you know, like you said, you can—I mean, this is Wisconsin; you can drink pretty much anytime. But yes. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know the, to go out there and to go to a, a baseball game and to kind of just take in a, the, the atmosphere and take in the batting practice, I think, you know, it, you, you don't have the opportunities as, as much uh, to do that. So,
1: And, you know, and I almost made a mistake because I was going to say the opening day is the one day that you're guaranteed to be in first place when the game starts. But this year that's not true because the Cubs and Cardinals play on Sunday. And one of those teams is going to have a half game lead when first pitch at Miller Park comes at one o'clock. So, so they won't. That's so I can't even say this year that the Brewers are guaranteed to be in first place when that first pitch is done because they won't be. So, um, exactly. However, exactly. However, they are guaranteed to not be in last. <laughs> Unless so that—that is,
0: that is true. That is true. I just wish there was the a way Cardinals for Cardinals
1: the... are playing. Yeah, so one of those teams is going to take a loss too. So, so there you go.
0: And this is this is where I just come in and wish that somehow they found ways to both lose at the same time. But that's just maybe the Brewer Brewers fan in me. Uh, but hey, I'll tell you what, April is going to be a
1: huge month if the Brewers are going to contend. Uh, they have all but three games in the month of April against division foes. Um, you know, because you got. You know, the Pirates over the weekend after the Rockies, then you got the Cardinals, then the Reds, and the Pirates again. I mean, there's a lot of division games, a lot of divisional games. And if they fall behind and they start out, you know, with a record of like 8 and 15, they're in trouble because they're losing a divisional team. Now, on the flip side, if they can be just even 500, you know, even if they can be 14 and 14 at the end of the month. But know that they hung you know, hung tight with the Pittsburgh's and St. Louis's and Cincinnati's of this division, then you know, then there's still gonna be some hope. But if they get far behind and they're losing a division of foes, they could be you know teetering on the brink at the end of April already and obviously that's the worst case scenario. I'm hoping for them to hover around the five hundred mark. That would make me very happy just
0: to get through this month. Absolutely absolutely uh anything else you want to touch base on we, we talked brewers anything that anything else that's come to mind for this week or
1: no not really i mean i'm trying to keep it all in reserve because I'm, I'm keeping optimistic the fact that the badgers are going to win a title and we're going to be talking again in the next few days so um that's kind of my hope obviously um <laughs> not a problem nothing on the nothing on the Packers side to talk about um free agency in the NFL. No no major signings. It's been kind of quiet now uh, as people are starting to get ready for the draft. The Bucks, we talked about them, a big win against the Celtics. They're likely going to face the Bulls in the first round of the playoffs in in a week and a half or two. Um I mean that that's that's it. I mean, it, right now all eyes are on the Badgers and Monday all eyes are going to be on the Brewers and hopefully the Badgers. I mean, that seems to be where everybody's attention is and rightfully so for the next couple of days.
0: Absolutely. And we'll get back to you guys. We'll let you guys know about our schedule coming up this week, depending upon if the Badgers can pull off the win against Kentucky. Uh, we wish you guys, uh, those that celebrate Easter, a happy Easter. yeah. Uh, yes. That we'll be yes so by the
1: way, when we get done here, I'm going to start assembling my basket to take for blessing, which is a Polish tradition. A lot of my uh, – uh, even people who celebrate Easter, don't understand the blessing of the Easter baskets. But um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're familiar with it either. But I would hope so, being a fellow fellow pole. But yeah. um, So yeah, I'll be putting that together. Yeah, see, well, that's where I got the tradition from my grandparents, and then my parents, my mom, and you know, now obviously I'm carrying it on, taking Ryder with me, and and we're gonna go. Get our baskets blessed.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah, see,
1: rider, rider approved.
0: <laughs> uh. Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys, like I said, have a wonderful Easter, and, and to all those that are out there uh, uh, that celebrate it, uh, enjoy. Uh, and then also, I just want to send out a, a big uh, best wishes and, and good luck to former Badgers fullback Brady Ewing. Uh, he yesterday he announced his retirement from the NFL after a couple of uh, injury-plagued years. Uh, he was last with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, but was put on IR. So uh, best of luck to him. For those of you who don't know, you—I mean, most of you guys know Brady Ewing, former walk-on turned into a fullback during the years where you—you you know, Russell Wilson, uh, Scott uh, Tolzien, the time 2010, 2011, where he was one of the lead blockers, and 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 uh, you know, really even in his prep career was great. Uh, uh, definitely uh, not possibly he was great. Uh, Richland Center uh just west of Madison, the guy. He actually I don't know if you knew this, Scotty, but Ewing actually had a walk on offer from Bull Ryan to play basketball. He was that good of a, a basketball player. I mean, you know, for, for in state to garner a you know a preferred walk on spot at you know, but then he chose playing football instead. And so uh so he's a great play uh, great guy. Uh and every time I've talked with him, just a really humble guy, him and his wife are uh good people, wish him the best of luck. Uh, and, and hopefully one of these days we'll get him on the show actually and just talk about you know his career and and go from there. So best luck, Brady. Uh, and you know that wherever you go, you're gonna do so. You know you you know that you're gonna do something great. So uh, on that note, uh, we're just uh, right towards the bottom of the hour. Uh you guys have a great week. Enjoy the game. Or two weekend, I should say. Enjoy the game. Enjoy family. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. We'll let you know our schedule. Uh, other than that, for the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is uh, Jay Kokorowski for Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you follow us at B5Q, at Kielbasa Kings WI. Like us on Facebook. Have a wonderful Saturday. And hopefully we'll be talking about uh, Wisconsin Badgers National Championship uh, later uh, coming up this week. You guys, take care. Enjoy the game.
1: Accordion solo, American Folker, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records. <laughs>